Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What happens to a city like Las Vegas when supermarket competition goes away? Grocery store giants Kroger, which owns Smith's, and Albertsons, which owns Safeway and Vons, are proposing a merger. So our attorney general has organized a listening tour, which could impact Nevada's position on opposing that merger. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we talk with food writer Kim Foster and Nevada Current reporter April Corbin Gurness. Beyond the arguments for and against, we discuss who in the Valley is likely to bear the brunt of it. What happens when a necessity like food is at the center of the controversy? Well, there's a lot more at stake than you might think. It's Thursday, September 7th. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Food writer Kim Foster and Nevada Current reporter April Corbin Gurness. Welcome to CityCast Las Vegas, both y'all. Thanks for having me back. Happy to be here, as always. Well, love both of you coming back. April, this big merger uh, or potential merger is causing a bit of commotion. So what are the big arguments, first of all, for a merger? Kroger, a.k.a. Smith's, is the largest dedicated grocery store chain in the country. But they are far below Walmart. Uh, Walmart owns about a fifth of the market when it comes to the percentage, like the total dollars spent at grocery stores. Walmart is massive. And I mean, we know that from retail side, but also in just groceries. Like Walmart is the is the leader by and far away. And so Kroger... Uh, is saying that they need to be able to better compete with Walmart on that economy of scale. And they can do that by uh, buying all of the Albertsons, Vons, and Safeways. Um, So to put into perspective, Walmart is about 20% of dollars spent on groceries in the United States. And combined, Albertsons and Kroger is 16%. So there's even when even if this merger went through, they would still be significantly below the number one competitor, like the number one food market. So they're saying that we need to do this uh, to to be competitive. And um, that's sort of the primary goal. That's the I'll say that's the primary goal they've stated publicly. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. Kim, you deal with food and food trauma in your writing. What's your take on less competition in the grocery world in Las Vegas? I mean, what are. What are the implications from your perspective of a of a merger? So what we see when corporations come together and they and they become these huge, huge, massive companies, that what happens is it takes a lot of choice for the consumer out of uh, any equation. They become considerably more powerful. We know that, for instance, if there's an Albertsons and the Smiths and these people... Uh, end up becoming the same company, 
we know what will happen. One of them will close because they're they're not going to compete against themselves. And then also they become less creative about ways to keep prices lower because a lot of people buy generic brands, for instance, and those can be really price competitive. And a lot of our, the more struggling and poorest people in our community are buying off-label things. And so a lot of times those prices are lower because there's a lot more competition. But with the merger, we're going to have Kroger, which has a generic brand. Albertsons does, Vons does, and then all those things, all those things become the Kroger brand, right? So what's the downside of that is what I'm trying to get to. If there's just one generic versus a couple of different generics from different companies. Then there's no competition for prices and then they can mark up as they please and then consumers end up losing. And sometimes even with those generic brands, they're not... You can't have one of them. Like I'm thinking of like baby formula, which some babies are very sensitive to a certain type of formula. So like the, you know, say Kirkland brand formula, my baby loves, but like the Walmart brand uh, formula, the great value one, they might be really sensitive to that. So there's only one generic one that could be really harmful for people who have allergies or for people who have sensitive stomachs and, and things like that. So even just beyond price, they may be forced into a higher price, which is not good uh, when you're thinking of important things like food. Also, there's an issue with the most struggling people in our community because this impacts SNAP and WIC. When people who have uh, governmental help to buy their food, they often have a lot of choices they have to make inside a parameter. So for instance, yesterday, there's a foster parent group I'm in, and foster parents often have WIC and SNAP benefits attached to the kids who come into their home. And they have now decreased the amount of bread. There are three choices for what kind of bread you can get on WIC. Like name brands, like literally down to the micromanaging of name brands? Absolutely. You can get, there's one wheat bread, there's the white Wonder Bread, and then there's one more. And they're actually down to brands. And we had foster parents, foster parents who can afford a little bit of leeway, driving around to stores to find the bread that they can possibly have. Oh my gosh. So when you have less competition, it just makes that much harder for families who are trying to really make ends meet. It becomes like a bigger issue. And it isn't going to be an issue for people like us sitting here because we can motor around. We're going to Costco. We're going to this you know, independent supermarket. We're doing this. We've got a little financial leeway. It affects really the people who are struggling the most in our communities. And April, one of the other things, though, that we're hearing are complaints about the impact possibly on on the wages for supermarket employees. I know that our state treasurer, Zach Conine, has come out saying that this will be bad for employees of those supermarkets. What What's the logic there and what's the beef uh, on that front? Yeah, so one of the things uh, that's important to keep in mind is that Smith's Again, Kroger, the company that wants to buy the other company, uh, is consistently at the top of the list in terms of employers in Nevada who have the most employees eligible and enrolled in Medicaid. So we're not talking about a group of workers that are high paid, right? We know this from the pandemic, that grocery store workers are super vital and they're essential and we all need them to stock our shelves. 
but we don't pay them very well. A lot of them are on public assistance. And so when the Smiths across the street from the Albertsons closes, those employees don't have a job anymore, which is bad. But also more broadly and more indirectly, it also means reduced competition for the marketplace. So if you work for Albertsons and you hate Albertsons because your boss is a terrible micromanager or for whatever reason, you can't go work at another store because it's also owned by Smiths and Kroger. And they might have the same policies. They might have a policy that says you can't switch jobs. They just might make it difficult, right? So in the free market, you know, uh, if you, if you want to think of that, it's employees should be able to leave for a company. If I don't like my job, I can go to another company. But guess what? There's only one company that owns all of them. Where Where is that person going to go? Like, and I think that's the problem. You know, that's that's a big problem. <laughs> So I'm hearing it's not just wages, but mobility within the industry. Exactly. And and a lot of the companies, well, as part of these big giant mergers, which have to be approved through the FTC and federal regulators, right? Like a lot of the time, if there are grocery stores too close to one another, so that's Smith's across the street from Albertsons and Silverado Ranch, which is where I live, um, like most likely one of those stores would have to be divested. So the company would have to on offload it to somebody else. The last major merger that we saw nine years ago uh, between Albertsons and Safeway, uh, which owned Vaughn's, that happened where they divested seven stores here in Southern Nevada. And then within a year, the third party that had bought them, this company called Hagen out of Washington, declared bankruptcy and they blamed Albertsons. And there was a big lawsuit and like hundreds of people, it was like thousands of people across the country in the West ended up losing their jobs. Um, a lot of them were able to move to other places because the union stepped in and tried to sort of get them hired back. But there's no guarantee that that could happen again. And that's a risk that we're running. Hey, it's David Figler, and one of my favorite food festivals is coming back to town. It's Vegas Unstripped over at the Palms Hotel on Saturday, May 18th. Over two dozen chefs from some of Las Vegas' most talked-about restaurants creating original, unique menu items they've never made before. Chef creativity at its best. We're talking chefs from Partage, Esther's Kitchen, Milpa, EDO, and more, including this year's James Beard Award finalist Steve Kessler from Aroma. Tickets are $150 and are all-inclusive of food and drink, so you don't have to pay for anything once you're inside. No hidden up charges. I went last year, and it was so crowded in the best possible way. We got one remarkable dish after another, and while it was a little indulgent, here's the best part. The net proceeds go to local charities. So head on over to VegasUnstripped.com to get your tickets now. We'll see you there. Kim, I know you know lots of supermarket employees around the Valley. You interact with them in a lot of different ways. What are they saying about working conditions and just their livelihoods? It's great that you asked this because yesterday I was at Smith's and uh, I did like a, an informal poll. I was talking to someone who has worked at Smith's in various supermarkets for 17 years. And she was talking to me about how she had to borrow money to pay her rent. And this is not a person with a big lifestyle. She has a humble apartment, close to work. You know, she's not going out on trips and buying lavish clothes and things like that. She tells me about being relegated to part-time, uh, not being able to have enough hours, 
and she's fully available and wants to work 40 hours and when she can't work 40 hours. So a lot of this isn't about like more money per hour. It's also about like she was saying that everybody wants more money per hour. But what Kroger does uh, is they reduce your hours. So even if you were making more money, they'll just reduce your hours. She doesn't think it's going to happen. We were talking a little bit about it. and She doesn't think it's going to happen. And she also mentioned... Why? Why Why does she not think it's going to happen? She thinks that it will be shut down because it's so ridiculously overreaching in terms of creating a monopoly. But her issue is that Albertson's employees under Kroger management will have to reapply for their jobs. There's going to be a lot of insecurity around just people not knowing whether they, even if the supermarket stays open, not knowing whether or not they're going to be able to, who their boss is going to be, what the issues are at the workplace. There's just going to be a lot of change within the community. Well, let me just frame it this way then, April. Are there any reasonable arguments for this merger that we haven't discussed yet? You know, I mean, I think there is an argument. I talked to the local union leader and I asked him sort of just casually. I was like, oh, the way we're talking, it really sounds like there's nothing good that comes from a merger. I just sort of made that comment in passing. And he goes, well, he's like, he's like, that's true. But also, we don't know what would happen if the merger didn't happen, right? So if the merger doesn't happen, then does that mean that Kroger and Albertsons both will continue? Well, I don't know if they're continuing to suffer, but (laughs) will they both not, will they both lose to Walmart repeatedly? And will Walmart just become... 50% of the market, and they'll stay at like 10% of the market. We don't necessarily know what the difference is in terms of what what could happen if the merger doesn't go through, because are the Albertsons and the Smiths across from each other, which are currently offering different options for people? Are they really, uh, is one of them or both of them suffering in the market? And will one of them close anyway, and then sort of just exacerbate food deserts and things? We don't necessarily know, and that's hard to predict, and it's hard to it's hard to gauge, which just makes these things tricky to think about. Yeah. And Kim, I see you reacting to this. I mean, does it make more sense for the smaller guys to kind of combine forces to create a, a competition for Walmart and their practices? Well, okay. The grocery business is extremely competitive. I mean, it, it, the margins are ridiculous. So they have to do a ton of turnover. It's all about how much food they can push out the door, right? So that's how they make bank. But they aren't just competing against Walmart. They're competing against every grocery store, every dollar store, every gas station, every convenience store. So a lot of times the reason that you don't have in supposed food deserts, the reason you don't have a supermarket is because they can't compete and push all that food out the door because there's so many dollar stores in the area, so many. So what we need as a community is to have a plan for how much business what kinds of business, how it suits the community. And those things need to be taken sort of a holistic approach because supermarkets can't survive. It's not just Walmart. People, they cannot survive when there's a ton of competition with convenience and things like that. April, there's two more listening sessions coming up uh, that Aaron Ford is leading. Uh, September 13th, one in Henderson, one in North Las Vegas. What kind of questions do you hope people will ask at these events? 
You know, uh, I mean, I think they could raise a lot of the questions that we've raised here. And I think they can also raise the flag on specific stores and specific areas that they think might be impacted by it. So they could point out, they could say, hey, uh, Ford, we know that this Albertsons on this corner and this Al- this Smith's on this corner, like they seem far apart, but actually they're not far apart. And everybody in this neighborhood goes to both of them because it's all residential right between them. They want to know the inner workings of a neighborhood. And I think that kind of information is helpful. And also we, and we haven't talked about this, but a lot of these stores or we call them grocery stores, but they also have gas stations attached to them. A lot of them have pharmacies within them. So reminding Ford's office that that is a factor here and saying like, hey, I don't really care about this Smith's versus Albertson's thing, but I really care about this pharmacy inside this Smith's. Like if this pharmacy inside this Smith's goes away, it is the only pharmacy that my insurance accepts in a seven mile radius or whatever oh, it wow. is. So yeah. you, I, and I'm just sort of, that's a hypothetical, but there are situations like that that could be true where like the gas station is really important or uh, because those will all of course be impacted by this merger. So it's really not, you don't even need to have a, opinion about the merger. You could be sort of neutral to the idea of a merger, but you could be concerned about very specific things in your neighborhood. And I think that's to the core of what Ford's office is looking for input for. Um, Interesting. And yeah, and he's also, there's also a survey for people who don't want to go to a physical listening session or don't have the ability to or time. I think that's important here. Do you think Kroger's listening like Aaron Ford says he's listening? I don't know. I, t- I tend to be fairly critical of of large businesses and how they operate. And I will point out here that Kroger is not losing money. They have profits. Their CEO makes $999 for every $1 earned by their median employee. Um, and with their last round of profits, they did stock buybacks to sort of boost, uh, which if you don't know what that is, that's fine. But essentially, it just makes rich people richer and does not trickle down to employees. So I don't know that... Um, I don't know that Kroger cares. Certainly they're reading things about it. And certainly they've sent me statements saying that they promise to preserve the frontline workers and they don't plan on laying anyone off. But like Kim said, the reality is, is that um, history has borne out in these grocery store mergers that that does not tend to be the case in reality. So what Kroger says versus what history has shown us are two very different things. And then once it happens, there's no way to like regulate it afterwards. Do you know what I mean? Because exactly like they can go, oh, we're not going to fire anybody. And then it goes through. And then if they fire someone, who's going to be responsible for that? Exactly. It's worth mentioning that a lot of us, we're talking about what the grocery store companies are doing, but it's not like our elected officials and our state lawmakers couldn't do something. They could pass worker retention sort oh, of bills. Oh, now you're going they off the rails. You're going off the rails. I know, rails. but it's just, it's... And you know what? And I'll share this. Uh, I I wrote about the listening session that I went to, and this didn't didn't make it into the article, but I thought it was sort of thoughtful. I'll preface this by saying Ford was very clear that his office has not made an opinion on this. They don't know what direction they're going to take, whether or not they're going to like sue to try and block it or work with Kroger to try and get some community benefits or something. They don't know what path they're going to. Uh, As someone who attends a lot of, of things with elected officials, he did express empathy. And and I think it comes directly because he mentioned that his father was in Dallas and worked for Safeway, I believe, in the 80s. Um, And then in the late 80s, uh, Safeway was bought out 
by uh, in a hostile takeover. Uh, so they had a big merger sort of like this that we're talking about. Um, and they ended up closing all of their Dallas stores. And he said his dad lost his job and he never recovered his whole life. It was just sort of that that was the turning point in his father's life. He sort of suggested that. So I, I think that his empathy is real when it comes to this. Uh, he does have a firsthand experience knowing this. That's a fascinating story, April. And, and great points both of you have made. And, and hopefully, you know, those who need to listen to these kind of things will be. April Corbin Gurness, Kim Foster, thanks so much for joining us on CityCast Las Vegas. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. It was fun. The AG's next listening sessions will take place on Wednesday, September 13th. They're in Henderson, North Las Vegas, and Las Vegas proper, so check out the details in our show notes. There's also a survey you could take if you can't make it in person. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Hey, if you like what we do, here's what you can do. Share this episode with three friends who don't already listen to the show. Just three. Tell them why you love CityCast and why they should subscribe. This really helps the show, and we can't thank you enough. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our amazing morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Take care. It's funny because he didn't know that it was a merger. He was like, my dad worked for Safeway and then all the Safeways closed in the late 80s. So I looked it up and that was what happened. It was, like it was taken over by some hostile corporate raiders or whatever. Um, and then they had to do a whole thing and they sold them off piecemeal or whatever. And that was kind of so, but, you know, Ford is a politician through and through. But in this case, he really did was like, I, you know, I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, which was fascinating. So.